0: And this evening's reading is taken from Acts chapter 4 and it's verses 1 to 12, it's on page 109 in the Pew Bibles. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caffias, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Amen.
1: Well our thanks to Katie, to Mark, to the musicians for um, the lively and yet sensitive and those two words don't always go together uh, opening of our service tonight. Uh, I enjoyed the first few songs so much that I had to stop the last and now I'm having to lubricate the old fruit. The, um, let's get this up, the building fund was not going very well. They had excellent body of architects, super decorators, but there was one little problem. The money wasn't coming in. And then the, uh, the boss had a great idea. This would fill the coffers and see this wonderful edifice constructed and kitted out. His name was Leo. Uh, like all popes, he had a number after him. He was Leo X or Leo X. And he was trying to construct what became St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. And he was short of a few bob, or rather more than a few bob. So what he did was uh, he uh, issued a universal indulgence. Now, an an indulgence, is, let's be simple uh, and just say, it it is that if you have an indulgence, then you have forgiveness from some sins. But this was a a universal one. It didn't only cover the itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny ones, like beginning to drop off when I start to preach. No, it covered all the big ones, and I won't uh, go into details of those for obvious reasons. But he, he needed somebody to pr- promote this. And he thought, who, are, who are, make the best salesmen? Aha, preachers have the gift of the gab and they make the best salesmen, former preachers. Uh, and so he got a member of the order of pre- preachers uh, Priests who have O.P. after their name, the order of preachers are Dominicans. And he got Johann Tetzel. He was a great preacher and he was going to be a great salesman. And boy, did he know how to sell a thing or two, including an indulgence. He had a great sales pitch. And his pitch was this. He he went around with his mule and with a large box. And he said, this was his sales pitch. As soon as the coin into the coffer rings, another soul to heaven springs. That was it. And the people he was working in, in the German states, and the people were flocking and were thinking, oh, great Uncle Harry, uh, we're not quite sure where he is, so let's see if we can help get him out of wherever it's hot into somewhere that's a bit less hot. And the money rolled in. And But not everybody was pleased because some people thought this is a sham. And one of them was another priest, not a Dominican but an Augustinian called Martin Luther and this year we celebrate the 500th anniversary of his nailing of 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg which is in eastern Germany just a bit north of where Simone comes from and uh, that started the Protestant Reformation rolling. We have selected as part of our celebration of this anniversary uh, what is often called the five solas. And we've had two of them: sola scriptura and didn't you do by grace alone last week, sola uh, gratia. Uh, Tonight we come to, well they're not all solas, tonight's one is solo because it's masculine rather than feminine and it is solo Christo by Christ alone and I I thank Katie for the very uh, uh, sensitive and focused way and appropriate way which she led our our initial uh, worship by focusing on Christ alone. Okay, let's pray. Light of the world, author of the word, shine into our hearts by your Spirit and cause us to see and understand, to have faith and believe, to follow, to follow you, the only one worthy of our adoration, our praise, our worship, and our service. In your name, Amen. Okay, uh, by Christ alone. And uh, the reading I selected was <clears throat> Acts chapter 4, and this wonderful verse, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by men by which we must be saved. Christ alone was first uh, expressed in the scriptures in the context of salvation. As we shall see, Christ alone applies to so many other areas of Christian thought and the Christian life. But I'm focusing, I had to work on what I was leaving out tonight. Otherwise, we would just make it by midnight if I tried to cover all, the the, the whole range of this teaching. So, I'm focusing on salvation. I have three points. So, when I get to the third, you know we're getting near the, the end. Salvation by... Christ alone salvation now now the first thing I want us to note is the negatives in this uh, verse there there are only two in English but there are three in Greek in in English it's no one else and no other name but in the Greek there's uh, there's another one which is uh, hard to uh, to translate directly Uh, uh, let me do it Uh, it's There is not in no one else salvation. Now, I know two negatives in English cancel, but two negatives in Greek emphasize. So, it's literally, there is not in no one else salvation, for there is no other name. Three negatives. Do do you remember Margaret Thatcher had a speech? I, I don't know what she was talking about. It doesn't matter. All she said was, and my answer is, no, no, no. So that lady, unlike one of her successors at the moment, wasn't for uh, changing, yes? Uh, political reference, no, no, I'm getting dangerous. Okay, uh, but here you get the no, no, no. And this verse says, salvation in anybody else? No, no, no. Now, you can't get any stronger affirmation of the uniqueness of Jesus and his role as Savior than that, can you? And just to look at some of the details of this verse. No other name under heaven. The universality of salvation. Under heaven in all God's creation. It's not just in the west that we have with our Christian tradition, only Jesus. And in the East, with other cultures, we we have some other kind of tradition which is nearly as good. No, no. In all creation, under heaven, no other name. And here we have, too, not only the universality, but the, the generosity, the generosity. No other name given to men. It's the word that means humanity. Given to men and women. Given to everybody. Given. Not earned. We'll come, to, come back to this later. Universal, generous, and then thirdly, the necessity. Uh, Damien, when you get down to uh, Drokodil, there's three good points for you on this one. Uh, exclusivity. No, no, no universality, generosity, and a fourth one, the necessity by which we must be saved. By which we must be saved. We can't go on living and say, oh, it's, it's an option. It's not an option that we can take and leave. It's something that we must receive. Otherwise, we are not saved. And and so, I call this my first point, salvation by Christ alone, the now. The now, as we would say in this part of the world, or now, if you have a slightly better education, the, the now. The now of salvation. It can't be bought for ourselves or for anyone else. We can't buy it. We can't Earn it. It can't be found anywhere else. It is simply received as the free gift it is by grace. I'm sure you thought about that uh, last Sunday night. So it is the now of salvation. That's the first point. And the second point is the how, H-O-W, the how, by Christ alone, the how of salvation. How did Jesus be in a position to hand on, transmit, offer, give this salvation? Well, you remember uh, when he came to be baptized, John the Baptist saw him And said what? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, when we think of lambs, we think, you know, if you see a very young baby, you say, "Ah, isn't she a wee lamb? And it's affection, it's cuddliness, it's stroking, it's all those kinds of things. In, in, our, in our culture, are conjured up by the idea of a lamb. But in the culture of the day, the culture of the Jewish people, a lamb, people immediately thought of not cuddliness and lovely little bairns, they thought of sacrifice. The sacrificial lamb who in some way took away the sin of the world. And that's so we have the comment of John the Baptist. And uh, Katie took us to Hebrews, which is a great book on this teaching of how salvation was only through Jesus and how he was greater than angels or Moses or anybody else we read in at 9.13, the blood of goats and bulls sprinkled on those who were ceremonially unclean sanctifies them so that they are outwardly clean. And then the author goes on, how much more will the blood of Christ, who offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to To death. Jesus was the unblemished lamb, the perfect sacrifice. You you, you get it in various other passages of Scripture. Here's just one other in 1 Peter. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And how did this Christ, who was the spotless lamb, take away our sin? Well, he was the perfect sacrifice because he lived the perfect life. And as Hebrews goes on to point out, didn't have to offer. He was also the high priest. So he was not only the sacrifice, but he was also the one who offered the sacrifice as high priest. And because he didn't have sin, he was the lamb without blemish. And because he didn't have sin, he was the high priest who didn't have to offer a sacrifice for himself. And what did that mean? That means that he didn't have to offer the sacrifice more than once. Once for all, the perfect sacrifice was offered on Calvary. There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. How many of us were brought up on that hymn of Mrs. Alexander? He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. By Christ alone, the spotless lamb, the sinless priest, the single sacrifice, the how of salvation. And lastly, we come to my third point, which is the wow of salvation. How many of you have got there before me? No? (laughs) The wow of salvation. I was startled uh, at the beginning of worship. You you got me up and going, I'm telling you. Uh, It was good stuff. And why we were praising because all worship should be wow. Is God like this? Does he accept the worship that I can offer with dirty hands and impure thoughts and weakness and weariness and inconsistency? Is God's love just like that, encompassing not only my sin but the sin of the world, offering salvation freely to all who will accept it through faith? And does he promise to to care for me throughout life and at the end take me to be himself and not only me but all who respond? Wow. Wow. That should be what worship is. The wow of salvation. And let me just read on the wow side uh, a little bit from Colossians. Because he was the only son. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Only Jesus. One and only. The AV talks about only begotten. One and only son. And in Colossians chapter 1 we read these verses. 15 and following. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Remember, uh, Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. John 14. And Jesus said, Whoever has seen me has seen the Father, when we want to see the invisible God, who do we look at? We look at Jesus, who is the perfect image of the one who cannot be represented by images, the Lord Almighty, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So there you have Jesus, the creator, the God's agent of creation and the Lord of creation. That in everything we read in verse 18, uh, he might have the supremacy. Lord of creation and then uh, Lord of the church. And he is, verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn of the dead. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Wow. Wow. So when we come to worship, we come to worship the only one who is worthy of worship, the Lord Jesus. He is God's agent in creation, He is the head of the church. The Lord of creation, the Lord of the church, the Lord of the kingdom, who, when all things are renewed at the great consummation, we read, will hand over the authority to the Father, the only worthy one. Revelation 5. Who is worthy? John asked. Who is worthy? To open the seals and what was the answer Jesus is worthy Jesus is worthy he alone is worthy the uh, living creatures sing day and night holy holy it's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And the elders, they lay down their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You are worthy to take the scroll. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's why we're here. To, with the Spirit's help, offer acceptable sacrifices of praise to the only one who is worthy, the wow of salvation. Let's ask the Lord to give us more wow every Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And every day as we seek to worship by service, let's Ask, Lord, for more. Wow. If we do, he'll give us opportunities. Some people commented that my hair has been cut, and it has. And, you know, it it used to be I hated barbers for asking me what I did because when I told them, we had a silent 10 minutes after that. (laughs) But I thought, and then I stopped telling them, and my barber on Thursday, was it, asked me what I did. And I told him. And he turned out to be, he said a believer, but he didn't come to church. Now, that got my juices flowing. <laughs> and we had a great discussion. A great discussion. And you can have great discussions if, we're, if we don't force ourselves on people but if we are open and just as the Lord gives us opportunities and what makes us willing to do that there's a bit of the Lord's wow about us, let's ask for that and express it in all kinds of ways and worship him well it doesn't always mean being as lively as we were tonight although I regretted that my old throat wouldn't let me join in some of the later hymns, and I was humming. Kitty, I know, was praying for me because I wasn't singing. That, that was the old throat. So, sometimes the wow is when we're calm, when we're quiet, when we are burdened, when we are more meditative. But the wow has to be there. And when I finish shortly, I'll pray and we'll all pray that the Lord will give us more of that walk. To worship with awe and reverence, to worship with praise and delight, to continue faithful. And perhaps some of us need to be challenged not only about the how and what the Lord has done, and the wow and how we respond, but the now. We need to be challenged because we haven't received the Lord's salvation. We are still trying to do it ourselves. And if we have to think, well, we say I'm a lot better than so many people, Lord, I know you'll... You'll let me in. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? You've heard the gospel call so many times. Have you responded? Or do you need to come back? Have you lost a while? Have you grown cold? Is your spirit not where it should be. Do you need the Lord's fresh touch? We are to respond. So, thinking of Jesus, the only Son, the only Savior, the only Lamb, the only great High Priest, the only one, worthy of praise and honor and glory. Thinking of him, let us pray. Lord, help us to examine our own hearts, our inner life, our life outside this place, beyond Christian fellowship, when there's not much of the wow of Jesus evident. Lord, have mercy upon us. Your spirit is convicting us. And so enable us, help us, lead us to respond as you would have, to embrace you in faith, trusting you as Lord and Savior and repenting of our sin. To return to you again after a period of wandering or to find a fresh refreshment and a new impetus to be seen in praise, in worship, and in daily service. Work your work in each of our lives tonight we pray to him and him alone be all the glory Amen